want to be the best. I want to be the best. Simple as playing. That's why I play the game. But to be the best, you have to win. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? I'm doing great, man. Great. We got a great guest on as well. Um, just read off some of his accolades, man. One time Spanish cut, Super Cup winner in 2015, Italian Serie A uh, champion. Italian Serie A blocks leader, Italian Cup winner, Italian Super Cup winner, Kazakhstan League champion, Kazakhstan Cup winner, Italian second division top rebounder. So we got we got a champion. This dude obviously wins um, from Nigeria. Um, spent two years, three years at Oakland's uh, Oakland University before moving to Wayne State to finish really? his college career. Uh, Shane Lawal, man. Okay, welcome on to the show, man. How you doing, man? Hey, what's good, man? I need to hire you, man. Get you. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta so get you with a good intro. Yeah, man. I, I gotta hire you, man. Get, hey, that, that, you know, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. How you fellas doing? We doing, doing great, good. Man. We doing good, man. Like how Jay said, very accomplished, uh, hoper, man. So Shane, we are happy to have you on the pod and just talk about, you know, your your, your journey and, you know, how it all started and to where, you know, you are now. I know you are the state champion over there in Detroit. So holding it down too. Yeah, man, I um, stay runner up. The girls team, my, my basketball, my girls basketball team was stay runner up. We have a lot of affiliation. Our track team won the state title recently, but um, okay. I have a couple of players couple of my basketball players run track, so they're state champs. Not me, not yet. I'm going to get one soon, though. I'm going to get one soon. Oh. It's on the way. No, I appreciate you guys, man. Um, my um, – well, first, I moved to uh, the States when I was eight years old. So, I actually, um, you know, like you said, my background, I was born in Nigeria. I was, you know, raised there a little bit. The rest of my upbringing was here. Um, I actually was raised on, on football slash soccer. You know what I mean? So, that's – that's my background. It wasn't really until later that I started picking up basketball because everybody here played ball. And um, you start to get tall. I was kind of a late bloomer as far as height. I'm 6'10", but I, I didn't really I didn't really hit a growth spurt for real, for real, until the summer going into my junior year. I think by like junior year, I was like 6'4", six, six, and then by senior year, I was like 6'8". So, I mean, I, so that was kind of when I started to realize I got to take basketball seriously because it was getting harder to play soccer. But um, I, I like the quickest, most like, like the accelerated version of my story. I was cut three times in high school. You know, um, I didn't make the I didn't make the basketball team until my senior year of high school. Um, was still learning. wasn't good. I just wasn't good. You don't know you're not good until you get a chance in life to look back in hindsight. But I wasn't good. I wasn't skilled. I had you know I was very raw. I was just length. I wasn't even in shape in high school. I didn't really get in shape until college. I went to Michigan for one year. Um, I tried out for Tommy Amaker's team. This is a team that ended up, I think, the team that went, went to the NIT. Um, tried out for that team. Didn't make the team. Thought I should have made it, you know, but I also didn't understand that it's not so much about the best players, about the need. They didn't need a big. So, you know, I tried out, didn't make it, and that kind of spiritually crushed me. I stopped going to class, so I actually failed out of Michigan. So I actually failed out of Michigan um, because – you know, I, I, as a immature young kid, I allowed one thing to carry over to something else. And um, so one day I'm just watching basketball and I see new um, raw Marshall. We call him new. I see new um, winning 
leading Oakland University to uh, the conference championship and, and to the NCAA tournament. So I said, I think I'm going to go there. So I went there. I talked to Campy. I think Campy didn't take me seriously. I just showed up at his doorstep. Like, I want to play basketball. He's like, okay, watch me in open gym, you know, saw the energy, just saw the activity at in the length. And he said, you know, I think I got to get this kid a chance. He told me, I don't have a scholarship right now, but I should have one in, after a year. So, you know, if you walk on, you know, I, I'll, um, you know, I should have something for you later. I walked on, didn't have a scholarship for two years. You know, I finally got a scholarship, played well for a while. Things kind of fell, um, kind of fell in the wrong way. Me and Campy are really good now, but it just, um, it wasn't, um, I didn't do my, I didn't do my part of growing as far as skill wise and things like that. So, you know, he, he actually went a different direction. So I ended up finishing up at Wayne state. So I finished up Wayne state division two, had a pretty successful year. Um, I didn't think it was successful at that point until I kind of got a chance to look back on it, but I had a successful, uh, last year, uh, went overseas. Um, I went overseas, man. And, I, um, I started off in Qatar, played my rookie year in Qatar. I didn't think it was real basketball. So I made my way to Europe, made my way to third league Europe, second league, uh, third league Spain, second league Spain, uh, second league Italy, first league Italy. Uh, no, second league Italy, first league Russia, VTB, and then came back, which is where when I was in Kazakhstan, it was also the VTB, which is the top. It's like the USSR league. It's the Soviet Union league, you know, and um there was a stint where I went to Libya the same year I was in third league Spain. I went to Libya for a while, which is a crazy story that everybody always is always a, it takes such a crazy story, but I was there when Gaddafi, when war broke out. So I actually escaped war in uh, Libya. So I said crazy. It's crazy. crazy. But I escaped war in um, Libya. And that was kind of my moment where I almost quit basketball. Like, yo, I don't know if God want me to hoop. Like, I don't know if basketball is for me, but, you know, I, I kind of, I prayed on it and I said, I'm going to give it one more year. And when I, when I told myself that I would give it one more year, it was a, it was a coach on a team in thirdly Spain that I played against and I, I played really well against them. And that team ended up winning the third league and automatically qualifying for the second league, uh, Clavijo. So when he got the second league, he asked me to come play for him, he gave me 25 K for the year. 2,500 for 10 months. So I went there and went to La Rioja, played really well, flipped that into uh, secondly, uh, Italy, uh, flipped it for some more money, went to Russia for one year, came back to uh, Italy and played in the EuroLeague and in the First League Italy, and then went to Barcelona for two years. And um, around that time was when my knees and stuff started kind of um, breaking down on me. But got a chance to play in the Olympics, um, got a chance to um, win a uh, uh, continental championship with Nigeria qualifying for the Olympics got a chance to call myself an Olympian you know so you know God's been good to me man I can't I can't even complain to be real with you yeah yeah I just want to Shane I just want to ask you about Spain because my my experience there I didn't I didn't play overseas there but my team my university team I played ball in university my team did go over there for like a training camp at this pro academy out there you play at what uh, I, I played at, I played in Canada at Nipissing University. Um, okay. At the, yeah. So I played. Where'd you guys played go? Where'd you guys go in Spain? We went to we went to Valencia. Uh, I think it's called the Pro Euro Baskets. A dude named Brad over there. So he okay. he hosted us for for a year 
sorry mm-hmm. for for a week out there and one thing that stru- struck me when i was out there was just the how different the level uh, the play like is number one it was like older dudes probably like around like 30 guys who are like past their because we played some pro teams i think they were maybe like division three and four but they they just execute their stuff like the way that they run their offense that's not a lot of isolation plays they cut they pass they move and it was so hard to guard and they're physical too right they're not gonna they're not gonna out quick you they're not gonna outlet so what was the difference like long story they're gonna do it in 24 seconds too right they're gonna do it in 24 seconds seconds. right right so and that's what was the adjustment like that out there for you oh man so the first when i first got to uh europe when i first got to spain the biggest adjustment for me was to travel the the initial travel and the finishing travel meaning picking up your pivot foot before the ball hits the ground right that's something all americans do when we sweep through we, we pick up our we pick up our pivot foot and then we pick up the other pivot, you know, we, we pick up our lead foot, then we pick up our pivot foot, then we release the ball. And nobody ever called, nobody in their right mind will ever call travel on it. Mm-hmm. You know, only time, you know, or, or when we catch the ball, when somebody's passing to us to finish, we catch it on one step and take two more gather and go dunk. Mm-hmm. Man, I got so many travels called on me my first two, three years overseas, dude. I, it, it really killed my production. It killed my... Uh, ability to cook people one-on-one because when I would catch the ball on the block, my favorite move was to rip through. Like mm-hmm. I would catch it on, on the left block, sweep through baseline with my right hand, go across the rim and dunk it with my left. They would just call a travel every single time. And I, and I was so hard headed that I kept trying to convince them that they were wrong until I really sat back and read the rules and realized that we were just wrong back in, back in on the West side of the, of the world. Right. It's a travel. It is a travel by definition. You cannot lift your pivot foot if you're going to dribble. You can only lift it if you're going to pass or shoot. Now, you know, and that's what we don't understand. So that was my first adjustment. I had to adjust to a cross step. And, and you know, that's why now I train kids. I train kids to cross step. And everybody laughing, you know, you train to cross. I'm like, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter now. But if you don't play in the pros in the, in the States, if you go overseas, you're going to thank me later. You know, um, but the biggest adjustment for me was the fact that everything was about execution. Like you come from the States where it's, yeah, we run sets, but we don't truly understand ball movement. We don't, we don't understand ball movement and and I'll throw Canada in there. Cause I've, you know, I've, I've been around uh, Canadian basketball enough to know that Canadian basketball is more international, but y'all ISO ball too. Right. I'm saying so we don't really understand true ball movement and player movement and how to run a system. Like we're starting to do it now. You see a lot more five out stuff now, but people always want to say, Oh yeah, the BYU five out. And I just laugh. Like, no, that's a town. That's Italian motion. That's, that's Italian zero. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, Oh, you know, uh, there's such a such thing. I'd be like, a lot of that stuff come from Europe. We, and, and you know, the only action, the only true, Outside motion action that's American is the is, is um is the flex and uh the Princeton. Everything else is your is 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 being bored from European basketball. But no, you got guys that are physical and then defensively, you know, there's defensively. You set a pick and you try to roll, they're chucking you. You know right. what I'm saying? They're physical there, and, and what they call fouls on is different than what we're used to. So it really at first I, I succeeded just off of my athleticism and my motor, but I always tell people, you know, I don't know if you're a Dragon Ball Dragon Ball fan, but I had my Dragon Ball Super moment where I kind of started going into like, 
what's that last thing Goku has evolved to? Uh, Super Saiyan? Not Super Saiyan. Ah, it's uh, uh the third, I believe. Yeah, like, it's a new one where it's, it's not like Super Saiyan is he's just ah, he's screaming all that. This one is more introspective where he kind of gets an out of body experience and he sees things happen 15 seconds before it happens. Right. I, I didn't get to that moment till I was like, when I was 28, 29 in Sasori was when I first had a perfect mixture of athleticism, skill, because I my skill was getting better every year, my shooting, my ball handling, my passing, my my right, I'm left-handed, so my right hand, all that stuff was improving. But then also the third thing that was, was, was it was the athleticism was always been there, my skill, and then my IQ, like, I just, I figured the game out. Like, it took me literally about seven years overseas, six or seven years, but it was like basketball just, it got so freaking easy. Like, how to score six points without doing anything. How to get your point guard 10 points without doing anything. You know what I'm saying? How to get Mm -hmm. shooters three easy shots a game. So I just got to that place where it was like, but it took me so long because, we we get stuck in an American doctrine and we think this is the only way to play basketball. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a lot of good things that come from the mindset. Every now and then, I need you to go get a bucket. Right. Your right. basketball, like every now and then, all that ISO stuff is cool. You, get your bum ass in the corner over there. You, go get on the dunker spot. Watch out. Get a ball to the coldest dude on the team. Go get a bucket. All right. the other stuff ain't working. They done figured out our defense. All we know is my man's can't guard you. And if you try to, if yeah. somebody try to help, find a shooter. But you can't play basketball like that all the time. You know, right. it doesn't work. You know, yeah. and that was the one thing. And it's funny because you said I was the third and the fourth league teams that was doing that. Mm-hmm. Imagine what the first league teams were doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Imagine what the Euro League teams was doing. Imagine what Lucas team, Real Madrid, was doing. You know, mm-hmm. I played against Luca, by the way, when he was 17. I, okay. I, have hilarious, I have a hilarious picture of Duncan on his teammate. And, and I'm going to see if I can find it. I'm going to send it in the chat. But I dunked on um, Gustavo Ayon. And uh, <laughs> Luca was in the background. Like, it, it's hilarious. I can't even explain the picture. But, no, I, Luca had to guard me one possession. Hit him with a move, went to the basket, and he fouled me. But I don't. But everything Luca did at the age of 16, 17, you knew he was going to be a top 10 player in the NBA. And I used to argue with people like, yo, this kid, this kid is better than every 16, 17 year old that I've seen in the States. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know why people are so hard headed on how great this kid can be. You know, he just, he was learning from Sergio Rodriguez and Sergio, you was learning from two of the best guards in Europe. You know, he was learning on from a great coach. He just had so so many great, talent around him and he was being taught the game the right way and what people don't understand was that Luca was being treated like a young boy on his team like they was really hard on him like in a good way they were really really hard on him nothing was given to him they knew that they knew he was um he was the future so they went at him to make him better like they didn't you know they knew they had to it was their duty as the old heads to have him ready for um for the pros you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but no, nah, I mean, I always, um, I always laugh at people who don't really understand how hard it is to play on the top levels in Europe. The mm-hmm. game is, the paint is packed. Everybody's well coached. Everybody's well scouted. Defensively, everything is more physical. They don't, they don't, they don't call fouls like they do here, especially for Americans. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. 
it's a lot to it. Man, Shane, so, and, and and you 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 talk about you know you seen Luca gonna be great from a young age. You know, talk about some of those things that that you seen in him, and you were like, man, this guy right here, he's he's one of them. This is why he's one of the best sixteen year olds around. Yeah, he had an IQ of a twenty a twenty some year old as a sixteen year old. He understood how to play team ball. He understood how to move the ball. He understood how to create for bigs. He knew how to create for shooters. And I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a good defender back there either, though. I mean, that's one thing. <laughs> Luca wasn't trying to guard nobody, but you just knew it. And then you looked at him. He's like, "Dog, you a big sixteen year old? Like, dog, why are you so like you're a big kid?" You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's how he got switched on somebody like me. I just dropped the pick in the chat, but that's how he got switched on to somebody like me. But like, dog, why are you so big for a 16, 17 year old? You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make mm-hmm. no sense, you know. But no, nah, he just I'm mean, in. He he couldn't. He was he didn't consider him as a shooter, but he made big buckets and he made big plays. You know what I'm saying? So you knew you knew he was gonna be good, you know. And then he was playing against. The thing for him was he was dominating grown men at 17, 18. Like the season he took off was the year he started to take off. The year that I the, the year I was hurt, but the year when I um, the year after that was when he took off. It was I was back in Italy. I was in Avellino. And I used to argue with this guy, Jay Rich. It's a different Jason. His name is Jason Richardson, but it's a different Jason Richardson. I, I see Jay Rich. You know Jay Rich? Jay Rich? No, nah, I was thinking of Jason Richardson from Michigan State. Like <laughs> nah, Jay nah, Rich. Nah, it's, it's a yeah. different guy. It's a different guy. Right. But Jay Rich, I used to argue all the time that Luca was going to be an NBA all-star and an NBA superstar, and he couldn't get over the fact that Luca was white as a guard. I see. I don't because most. Most guards, you don't see white guards dominate the NBA. You see white wings or bigs get really good in the NBA. But it's, mm-hmm. they, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, his race ain't got nothing to do with how cold he is. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was an argument we used to have all the time. But, nah, Luca was definitely Luca was definitely real as a, as a young kid. Okay. Yo, so so I, I just got to ask you because you talked about Barcelona when you're out there, a bit of a shift. But when I was out there, we there was a I think it was a women's tournament so international women's tournament and uh, the Spanish national team I think like under 16 or whatever it was playing Portugal mm-hmm. but we were taking kind of a tour of uh, Valencia basket their facility over there in Valencia mm-hmm. and uh, this dude comes walking through and the dude Brad says yo that that's uh, Juan Carlos Navarro he said that mm-hmm. he was a legend he's cold as hell like this dude's a, a Spanish, so your teammate, I'm guessing when you're yeah, I play, I play with under, one. I play underrated with one. hooper, right? Like he's he's cold. He's cold. I yeah, he's underrated. On it too. He's underrated in the yeah. states. He's considered one of the best to ever play in Europe. You right, know, right. He, and, and he's a better person, better person, mm-hmm. humble person, really humble dude. Um, the legend, man, La Bomba is his nickname, La Bomba, because mm-hmm. of the threes he used to hit. Like, and he used to have like really, he has awkward threes man like it's hard to guard him you know and he's he has one of the best floaters i've ever seen in my life one of the best dog listen either hand one of the coldest floor i'm talking about free throw line you know i'm not talking about you know a step inside of paint i'm talking about from the free throw line you you think he's about to pass it he's looking this way and he looks at the rim on the last step and lets it go but smoke smokes half a pack of cigarettes before and after practice (laughs) wonky ain't touching no weights Wonky, Wonky got um, and I heard this story before, and I actually I, I asked him 
Wonky, the reason, one of the reasons why he didn't stay in the, uh, in the NBA was because they told him he had to lift weights. He's like, I'm not, I'm not lifting weights. Like, I'm not lifting weights. So he's like, man, screw this. I'm going back. I'm going back to Spain. But um, no, nah, he smoke a smoke a pack. He's drinking. He's drinking a brew every day after practice in the locker room and on a Bible. <laughs> Wonky is Wonky man. tossing one back every day, dog. It ain't got nothing, man. I'm not. You can be sexy. I'm not trying to be sexy, man. I, that his he didn't care a single lick about. He looked like a plump, like he looked like a mechanic, built like a mechanic, dog. Coolest dude ever, man. Cool, cool guy. But Wonky could, could give two cents about how his body looked. Um, but he, but you couldn't outwork him on the court, though. Mm-hmm. He was in there every day, getting extra work in, you know. And I, I played with him late, late in his career. Late, way past his prime, I played with him, man, and he he was always very respectful to me. You know, one of one of the favorite Spanish guys I've ever played with. Um, it's a good dude, man. Went to his, my wife, all of all of our you know families. We all went to his house one day. He um he bought a museum and turned it into a house, like a, a small museum turned into a house. Front yard is crazy. He's got this swimming pool in his front yard. He's got like he's got the whole block. In Barcelona, like his house is the whole block. Got like, got this uh like this little barbecue area in the front, like a four-story house. The fourth floor is literally all all trophies. Mm. Like, like it's literally just all trophies, all like whatever, all his accomplishments. And this was this was like Barcelona was good money. So back in this time. Me and my wife, we used to jokingly argue all the time about her spending habits. Cause like, buy her a purse, she'll go buy her own purse. I just bought you one. Like we don't, you know what I'm saying? We got to think big time. She go to Wonky's house. She saw everything they had, and she said, "Okay, babe, I got you. I'm gonna start." Like, listen, okay, I see the picture now. I see, I see the picture. <laughs> like, dude had a whole sex back that was just for his dog. Like, he mm-hmm. had a uh, Marmaduke. Like, what's that type? Of, what's that breed? The Marmaduke breed, like the big, big dog. The, like, the the racing ones, the ones that be racing. The something Dane, some great Dane. Great oh, Dane. the great Dane, great the great Dane. Dane. Oh, you the big yeah. dude got the biggest cage ever. Like I said, okay, Wonky, you 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 definitely he could you could do the MTV cribs at Wonky's so. house. <laughs> he was cool, man. Great dude, great dude. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, man. So so then Shane, I, I want to get into a little bit of of, of twenty fifteen, man, because twenty fifteen mm-hmm. that's when you really started to cement yourself in, in in history, man. I mean, at the top of the pod, uh, our J- Justin talked about you being you playing for Nigeria, representing your country. So that's that, that's one of the first things that I that I that I want to ask you, and I want to learn about. You know, how did that feel? Like, where where were you when when did you get that message, that phone call, or the email? You're like, man, I'm going to be representing my country and playing in the Olympics. So, how how did that feel to you? So, um, that's two. That's two. I'm gonna break it into two parts. So, the Nigeria piece. Um, I, I was trying to play for the Nigerian national team 2012 when they went to uh, London and got beat by eight. You know, I, I wanted to get on that team. Nobody would respond calls. It was really hard. It's still disorganized but it was really hard to get in touch with the right person to try out for the team so I missed that I didn't get a chance to experience that but I was still you know 2012 I was playing in second league Spain I was a nobody you know so I I was talking to my agent like I want to play with the national team so this time when I made a call um Will Voigt was our head coach now he 
he gladly, you know, was gladly took me or whatever. So summer 2015, we played in the African Championships in Tunisia and we won the African Championships and that's what automatically qualified us for the Olympics. So we had to go get our Olympic spot, you know. So when we won in 2015, we knew we were coming back in 2016 to play in the Olympics. So that's how we qual- That's how we became Olympians. So when 2016 came, most of the team was still the same. You know, that's actually, that's my Olympic jersey. Um, right, see it there in the back. That's the Olympic jersey right there. So, um, nah, we, um, so that was, that was a, that was a crazy, crazy time. But what's crazy about 2015 was, 2015 was like probably the best year of my life in different aspects. But 2016 was probably so far the worst year of my life. This, so it's just, it's crazy. Like 2015, we already won a Super Cup of, uh, the Super Cup and the start, you know, for the Italian season, we won a Super Cup September 2014, right? So the Italian Cup, the middle middle of the year championships, they had like a mid-season uh, quick tournament, right? So that was in February 2015. We win that one. We go to the, um, we go to the playoffs in June. We win the um, Italian championship. So that's a triple crown. So that's triplet that we want it. Actually, today, you know, what's crazy today is a seven-year anniversary of that. So wow. June 26, 2015 was when we won the um, Italian championship and won the Triple Crown. Um, so this is literally the seven-year anniversary of um, the Sassari uh, winning the, uh, their only Italian championship and the first Triple Crown in Italian history in like 25 years. So, so that's why we do it today, huh, Shane? We special, yeah, that's huh? Big, that's big deal. <laughs> right, that's right. big deal. That's big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just... You know, I, I was getting all the tags on IG and stuff like that, man, from the time from the side sweep. Congrats fans. on that. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Man. It's always a, it's always a dope feeling, man, because not coach girls basketball. And, you know, you know how young kids are, man. If they didn't see it, it didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like you can tell them coach was nice. They don't. Right. <laughs> you're not nice to me. You're nice to somebody else. But mm-hmm. not. Nah, um, so, you know, so boom, you got the Italian cup win Italian championship, which is the thing, which seals up the triple crown. Came home for like a week, boom, got to go to a national team training camp. So I'm in national team training camp. One of my homies asked me if I could play in um in the TBT, the million dollar tournament. It was still just a million back then, overseas elite. So I missed the first two rounds because of the playoffs. But I'm like, well, I can make it to the finals. I make it to the final four in New York. Go to the final four, win the TBT, so, boom, that's like literally three titles in like four months. Go back, fly back to Paris with the national team. Go from Paris. We go to Italy to finish up the training camp. We fly from Italy to Tunisia, win the um, Afro basket. You know, so that's another chip. Go from Afro basket, come home for a couple weeks. I just bought my crib. I just bought my my, my, my crib. And like right when I came home, like it was a quick, it was a quick little Quick little action, bought the crib. My second kid, my oldest daughter, was born March 2015. You know what I'm saying? Came, went to Barcelona. I actually signed my Barcelona contract during the semis uh, with Milan. Went to Barcelona, won the Super Cup, uh, the Barcelona Super Cup. I mean, the Spanish Super Cup in September 2015. So just in the span of like one year, so many wins on the court, off the court, there's so many wins happening, in, in, you know, in my life. And at 26, but I had tore, I partially tore my meniscus during the finals in Italy. 
and I played on it through the summer into the Barcelona season. You know, I had to, you know, I had to pass a uh, physical that I should have never passed because they did an x-ray instead of an MRI. Played on that partially torn meniscus all the way to February 2016 until it was fully torn. Had to have surgery, had surgery, came back too early. So I was never the same. You know, we kept losing and um, we kept losing in uh, Barcelona. Well, we, we lost in the uh, EuroLeague uh, playoffs. We lost in the uh, Spanish championships to Madrid. Luca, I mean, Luca wasn't, you know, wasn't a big part of it yet, but he was on that team. So we lost uh, in the Spanish championship to Madrid, went into the summer, lost to, uh, went to the Olympics, tore my patella tendon, complete rupture of my patella tendon. Three minutes into the game versus Argentina, my first Olympic game, tore my knee completely, had to have surgery there, found out the surgery was terrible. Sur- surgery was poorly done. Like they, they surgically repaired my patella tendon like I wasn't a 6'10", 240-pound athlete. They repaired it like I was a 70-year-old regular man that was just trying to live the rest of his life. So I could never really put any um, impact on it. So it tore again. I had to do another surgery like a year later, you know, and I, um, Barcelona bought me out the third year of my contract going into June, 2017. So it just like, that was a really, really high, high. And it was a really, really low, low in life. So I always like 2015 is, is crazy because man, you can like, you can really be infused with a lot of victories in a short amount of time. And one of the biggest things that I learned from it, and my wife used to say it all the time, and I used to take it a little bit as hate, you know, until she really explained what she was saying was like, dude, you cannot let all the highs drown you because when things stop being good, what are you going to do? You know, and I'm like, well, that's not being positive, but you know, I I fully understand what you mean more now is it's like, it's a poem called If, where it's, you know, I don't know if y'all know the poem If, but y'all should look it up. But it's like, you know, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. It's pretty much talking about staying even keeled in life. Mm-hmm. Like Great things happen to you, you stay even keeled. Bad things happen to you, you stay even keeled. Like you have to learn how to handle the goods and the bads, right? Don't let everything around you control you. Don't be a slave to your situation or your emotions. You know, and I think that's one of the best things I learned from that from that whole aspect was that, you know, you have to stay strong within the good because you know the good is temporary, just like the bad is temporary. Like both of them are temporary. You you have to stay you. So no, 2015 was it was it was incredible. Like everything I touched, I won. Like it, it was it was a weird feeling. Like you know, if you ever live life and you've been through adversity, you've been through challenges as, as a young as a young pup. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no telling your upbringing or whatever. But if you if you came up in a rough environment or if you came up in a rough family situation or, you know, even in sports, if you came up with a rough sports background where you had to really earn it or you have failures and things like that, to go through a calendar year where everything you did was successful, it's it's weird, dog. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, yo, like you you would get into a zone where you just you went in knowing you couldn't lose. I used to tell my teammates, because mind you, these are I'm winning with different people. The common denominator is me, right? So I'm winning with, I win with um Sasri. I win with Nigeria. I win with Overseas Elite. I win with Barcelona. You know, the common denominator, the only person that's on all these teams is me. So I used to literally tell people, 
we're not going to lose. I don't like we don't know how to lose. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. We're going to win it. And and the t- the tweets used to be Shane Lawal can't lose. You know what I'm saying? Like so. And and mm-hmm. I was starting to believe that. I I really mm-hmm. started to believe that if I just do my part, I would always be the glue to win it. You know. So it creates a monster in a good and a bad way. But like I never felt I. I tell my kids now, like, you know, I haven't, like, I haven't won a state title yet, but we lost in the state championship, but I go into everything thinking I'm going to win it. If, if I don't think I can win something, there's no point in doing it. Man. You know, it's a waste of time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, only thing you either win or you learn a lesson. So everything I will go into up to this date, I just never feel like I'm out of something because I've seen it, it's possible. It's possible mm-hmm. to win every freaking thing you do. <laughs> it's possible, you know? So that was the that was what 2015 was, was just like wins, 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 you know? And, absolutely, and, 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 and honestly, Shane, like I, I wanna give, you know, hats off and, my, and, and roses to you because there's a lot of people who can't handle being at the top, doing it all, and then coming down real low and 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 really and, and really losing it all. I'm not saying that was in your yeah, state. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, seriously, man, when you're a, a, a bouncy dude and then you can't jump, like, you have to learn how to walk and jump all over again. Like It's tough. Depression is real. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank, God, thank God for my family. You know, I, I'm thankful that I had, you know, outlets and things like that that I was able to battle that with you know i think the best thing about 2016 though was that well 2016 well 2017 more than 2016 but the best thing about 2017 was as i was rehabbing i got to spend a lot of time with my family a lot of time like you know i wasn't flying all over the place to play games so we were i was able to really really connect with 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 my best friend was able to really connect with my kids and and things like that but now you're right man it's not easy it's not a, it's not in a deal with, you know? And, 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 and for you, like what, what, what would be, cause there's a lot of people out there who are, were on that same path that you on struggling, trying to, you know, trying to make it to that next level. Sometimes they're at a high, sometimes they're at a low. I know you said about, you know, your wife told you about keeping solid, not getting too high, not ever getting too low. But if you could give like a piece of advice to somebody out there listening saying like, man, like I was just at the top last year. Now I've lost it all. Or, 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 or anything along those lines, what would you say? You got to eat breakfast the same way every day. You got you to brush your teeth the same way every day. If your approach to life never changes, you, you're going to be fine, right? Like when you get a little bit of bread, do you lose some hunger? If you, if you stay hungry, you're going to be fine. So when you do it, finally, when you finally hit that adversity that you haven't hit in a while, if you, if you all, if you're consistent in your hunger, you're consistent in your drive. If you're consistent in your approach to everything, it's temporary. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's temporary, but if you allow everything around you to change your drive, to change your why, to change your whatever, then when you do hit that, you know, tragedy, that failure is going to break you because you've just like you teach, just like you get in shape, you get out of shape. So you've gotten out of the shape of being tough. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the greatest people, the greatest people in sports, the more they win, the more, the harder they go because they get terrified of falling off. Like they get terrified of being too relaxed because they know somebody coming after them. 
You know, so I think that's the best way to put it is like, yo, eat breakfast the same way every day. Don't change up your breakfast because you, you, you got successful. You know, have that same mentality. And if you had the same mentality, man, you'll, you'll, you'll never get crushed. Never. Man, absolutely, man. I mean, that's that, that, that's big for all the, you know, anybody that's out there uh, struggling. You know, sometimes they, they, they go through real highs and get real low. So that's big. That, that's big. And we we appreciate you for that, Shane. But and then we, we you know, we, we get to now, you know, 2020. I know you mentioned at the top of the pod you are uh, you're coaching a, a girls team right now, state runner up. For this uh, for this past season, I, I know y'all coming after you for this for this this upcoming season, and you also doing AAU. So tell us a little bit about you know where how where's life taking you now, and uh, what's next what's next for Shane? So I um I coach for Detroit Renaissance High School. We um city champs. We won the last two. We didn't get one um during COVID because of COVID. We um 2021 we, we we had COVID protocol, so we could compete. We um. We were rebuilding this year, but 2021, we lost to the state championship to Hudsonville, which is a team from the west side of the state. We, um, the year before, we were 22 and two, probably would have won our class, but COVID shut us down because 2020 was, you know, COVID shut us down literally 30 minutes before our regional championship. So we didn't even wow. get a chance to, uh, to play our last four games to win the state title. But so now I got a rebuild, you know, I got a class, we loaded. I think we got a chance to win a state title. But I also coach, um, Michigan Storm, uh, UAA. That's a Under Armour, the Under Armour League. So I coach uh, a 17U team. We're, we actually got a game coming up in of July against Become One. I don't know if you know. That's a uh, that's a Toronto. I think that's a Toronto. Okay. They, they, yeah, they stacked. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've heard of them. I heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> stacked. That's a yeah. kid. What's her name? That's a kid. A kid. I don't lost a couple couple nights of sleep on oh, man nice. about six two. A six-two wing, and you know, yeah. for girls, that's mm-hmm. yeah, we talk. You know, that's 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 legit. But mm-hmm. um, she one of the top players. I think she's top fifty in the class okay. in class of twenty twenty-three. Might be top twenty-five or something like that. So nah, so we play in the Under Armour League, which is similar to the EYBL. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a tough league. So um, and then I train, man. I um, I have my own training company, A Three Elite Training. A Three stands for. Uh, my three daughters, Akila, Aliyah, Amaya, and then the elite part is really Elijah, my son. So A3 Elite Training. Um, that's that's my that's my thing. Just trying to teach kids how to play the game the right way. You know, teaching them how to play on the ball, but also, you know, just teaching them how to play with other people, how to be more efficient in a role. You know, I think everybody trains mm-hmm. kids to be the primary ball handler, but what happens when they're not the primary ball handler? You know, and I, and I also think a lot of people don't know how to work with bigs. So I try to specialize in training bigs as well. Um, I have uh, I'm doing a mini camp right now for youth kids. But I'm also I have a I'm planning on going to Sasori at the end of August to do a, a, a youth camp for five days, which is going to be pretty big, pretty big. You know, I actually stole that idea from a friend of mine, Tyrese Rice. I saw he's doing a, um, he's doing a five day camp at Maccabi Tel Aviv. So I decided I'm going to do the same thing at Sasori. But, you know, just, you know, I've had um, a couple opportunities to go coach college ball. Nothing, nothing has pulled me away from the youth yet. But, you know, it's somewhere in the future, I probably will be coaching college. Okay. And, re- and real quick, before you, before you start, so you, you mentioned, you know, you're in, you involved in youth using your pro experience and background with that. So what's the main thing you're teaching? You, ta- you talked about, about 
kids these days looking up to like Steph and Curry. Everyone wants to be the LeBron. Everyone wants to be that number one option. But as you saw with your experience overseas and everything, like what what kind of how has that changed to like people need to understand you can't be the number one option. These kids can't all be the number one option. There's a role for role players and things. How do you get that across? So I think the biggest thing is teaching kids how to score in less dribbles. Like, you know, teaching a kid how to be super efficient in the least amount of dribbles possible. Understanding that if you need to use 15 dribbles, it is what it is. Somebody got to dribble the ball up the court. Somebody's got to go get a bucket, like I said earlier. But if I swing it to you on the wing, can you score on one, two or three dribbles? You know, if if I throw it to you down on the block, can you score quickly? Because the way the game is now, everybody's in a motion system that's either five mm-hmm. out or four out. Very few teams. I personally, my UAA team, I do three out to win because I got a lot of good bigs. Mm-hmm. Most coaches don't have the luxury of playing more than four out one in. Maybe four out one in, but most teams now are five out offenses. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Everybody's on the perimeter and it's a lot of cutting and moving, but after we dump inside, we space back out. The paint doesn't ever, nobody sits in the paint for more than half a second. So how do you play in that environment? Just teaching kids how to how to always be square to the rim. You know, if you catch the ball, how do you square it to the rim? If you if you put the ball on the ground, how do you re-square it back up to the rim? How do you get into your shot quicker? Cover ground, feet. Footwork is not being fancy. Footwork is your feet getting you to where you want to be in order to score, right? So if I give you one dribble, can you maximize your three or your four steps? You know, do you know how to jab? Do you know how to shot fake? Do you know how to, do you have an initiation move? Do you have a, in, a, in between move in the middle and do you have a finishing move you know and it all can start off simple and it all can get complicated like if i swing it to you on the wing and you cross step one dribble that could just be a layup that's it but if you cross step one dribble and the kid cut you off can you can you go between the legs back to your right hand somebody else cut you off spin back into a left hand layup you know so just putting those three phases of offensive basketball together right what you do when you first get the ball what you do after you've gotten going and what you do at the end of your move. That's really, that's really what scoring is, right? right? When you catch it, what is your initial move? Are you jabbing? Are you shot faking and going? Are you cross-stepping? Are you ripping through? Or can you spin back? Do you have everything in a briefcase to get off the initial defender? After that, can you put the ball on the ground to get to where you're trying to go to if somebody cuts you off? After you pick it up, what's your briefcase like? Mm-hmm. finish with your left can you finish off with two feet can you finish off with one foot if the defender's behind you you got to finish off with one if the defender's in front of you can you power up off of two finish in front of them. if you if, if they beat you into the air can you shot fake and step through can you um can you spin off of them can you euro off of them can you hop step off of them what is your briefcase like and do you do it correctly because a lot of trainers that just tell you go spin good make a highlight film, post it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Or do you know when you go into your spin or when you go into your finish, always time your last dribble with your first step so you get two more. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, so now mm-hmm. you get steps instead of two. If every single right. time my, my, my dead dribble, boom, hits the same time as that inside foot, the ref is going to give me two more. But if that ball hits, then the inside foot hits, I only got one more step. You know, so just trying to teach kids Understanding footwork, understanding positioning, and understanding how to be a complete 
offensive player. You know, also want to teach defensive too. You know, but nobody mm-hmm. ever wanted. Nobody ever wanted. No one. Wants <laughs> right, right. You gotta, <laughs> hey man, if you got if you got kids that want to play defense, they crazy. They got some inside them. Right. Listen, you you different. <laughs> you yeah. play defense. Now, mm-hmm. also, I, I I give an option for kids to watch film. That's mm-hmm. different from a lot of other people. Like I have a film, a film component where you can come in and if you want. I'll show you what you, if you send me a game, for instance, like you say, you send me a game and you show me everything you're doing wrong. I mean, if you say, I, I can go into that game on huddle, right? And I could break down different ways that you can be more effective for your team. You know, I just dropped the link, a3elitetraining.com. But, you know, I'll find different ways where I can um, try to help you be a better basketball player at a young age. You know, I think that I was telling somebody this the other day, I'm not saying that if I could redo my childhood, I'd be more talented. I don't, I can't guarantee you that, but I understand the game so much more better. Now, if I was to play high school over, I would average 20 and 20. And I'm, I wouldn't be any more talented than what I was in high school. I wouldn't be any more athletic, strong, anything. I would just know how to go do what I need to do so much better. But I think a lot of us can say that though. And so the goal is to give young kids the tools to know how to make the game simpler, you know, man, man, honestly, Shane from, 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 uh, I mean, cause me, both me and Justin, we, we play basketball our whole life, you know, we're hoopers. So from a Hooper's perspective, I'm, I don't play no more. I didn't, didn't have a nearly as successful career as you did to mm-hmm. go play a pro and all that, man. But just, j- j- just to, to hear, you know, be, being adult and, and now, know what the stuff that I was thinking when I was that young Hooper and saying like, man, if I would have had just these simple little switch mindsets or things that I did, or even that thing you're talking about with with, with putting the ball down and putting your feet down at the same time, all these things just would have just been so so much different. So as a Hooper, I just want to say, thank you, man, for, thank you for you, 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 you know, feeding the youth, you, 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 you giving back to the youth. I just think that that's, uh, Mm -hmm. that that's huge. And then also personally, I mean, I'm a girl dad myself, my, my girl that only 18 months. So I love to see like, like athletes, like pro athletes that are giving back to you know women's basketball, WNBA, I think, cause that's mm-hmm. hugely, hugely unappreciated, man. So for me, from as, a as a, too. I'm a big Lakers fan too. I am a Lakers yeah. fan. <laughs> but, I'm a Brown and Russ fan. So technically, I'm right there with you. This is this, this a bronze jersey, but it said my daughter name on the back. So, so okay. this is how you know. So I, I got it. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you for Bron. But I just want to give you my, my just the roses, dog, like for Say giving back to the community, the kids, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, a women's basketball, because that's, that's huge, man. I appreciate you guys, man. This is a, it's a dope platform, man. I always, um, anytime people want to talk basketball, man, I, I like to I like to talk ball, man. So that's that's mm-hmm. dope, man. I you know even off the air when we get off the air, man. I gotta find out more about you guys too, man, and just um, you know, chop it up with y'all and, and, and you know, continue to grow the game, man. I, I I love I love basketball and I love what basketball can do for people. And I think that we have to be we have to make sure that we use basketball. We don't let basketball use us. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think that's a perfect way to go ahead and 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 then end off the part here, man. So for everybody, everybody at home, man, for the family, if you guys want to stay up to date with Shane and everything that Shane's got going on, I can guarantee you he's going to be a state champion coming up soon. So right. stay tuned for that, man. So right. I'm going to drop I'm going to drop all I'm going to drop all yes. of, of, of Shane's social uh, Twitter, Instagram, everything in the description down below. And if you're on YouTube, it'll be right there, right in this bubble, man. So make sure you check Check our guy Shane now. Go show him some love. And um, so, Shane, you got any last words to say before we sign off here? Um, the Pistons, baby. <laughs> we coming for y'all, We coming for y'all, baby. Solid. Yeah. The Pistons on the come up. Hey. There we go. Y'all hearing them footsteps, baby. Yeah, the yes, rest sir. of the league right. gonna be on watch, man. The rest right. of the league gonna be on watch. They got the backcourt on lock. I think they're gonna use this next year to figure out how to win tough games. They're gonna probably be like five hundred or just sub five hundred. Mm-hmm. They're gonna figure out the bumps and bruises. You know how to how to lock up in the clutch. Who who need to take the shots in the clutch, et cetera, et cetera. And then 2023, 2024, they going they going second round Eastern Conference type of run. I think mm-hmm. me personally. That's so, yeah. I, I, hey, I, look, the future is bright. The future is bright, man. So, mm-hmm. man, right, I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, J- Jay, do you got any last words to say before we before we get off here, Jay? Jay, appreciate you coming on. All the real spill, hey, everything, uh, sharing your wisdom, man. For sure, I got to catch up with you just to hear your yeah. story too, man. Appreciate you. Yes, right, sir, sure. man. So for, for all the family out there, make sure you don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, check Shane, check, check Shane and all the social media out and uh, stay tuned because we got a lot more cooking up for this offseason content. And that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.